Hi everyone, this is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church sermon podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through His Word for His people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from Him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship Him and take His message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening. I'm going to invite you to find your Bible this morning and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As you're turning there, do you know what superheroes and Christmas presents, what they have to do with the church? Well, that's the question that we're going to answer today as we continue on in our series called I Love My Church. And as we talk about today, who will you serve? We're talking about service, about serving each other and serving our community. And let me just add, the implication of the answer to that question about what do they have to do with the church? They're bigger Bigger than you can ever imagine. Let's look at our key passage for this morning. Then we're going to dive into God's Word and see what He wants us to learn for today. So please stand in honor of reading God's Word. We're going to be looking at a very familiar passage today. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now our core teaching is verses 4 through 7, but to give you the full context, I'm going to jump back up to verse 1 and I'm going to read all the way through verse 11. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one ever says Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the abilities to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage that we read this morning that Paul penned to the church in Corinth. And we just pray as we dive into this passage, as we look to understand its truths and how we should be using the gifts, the abilities that you've given, that you've gifted to each and every one of us, how we can use those to serve you, to serve your church, to serve your people, and to serve the community that is around us. God, open our eyes. Give us a heart to hear. Give us wisdom in our life as we hear your message for us today. It's in your name we pray, and all God's children said, amen. You may be seated. Let me begin this morning by talking about superheroes and superpowers that they might have. When you were growing up, did you have any favorite superheroes? Was your favorite Spider-Man? Was he your favorite superhero? Think about it. He was just a normal guy, right? But he got his powers from what? From a spider bite. He got bit by a spider. And then he was able to do what? He was able to climb walls and jump around the city like crazy, spinning these webs and swinging from the webs as he spun them around. And he was able to anticipate danger with his, what did he call it? His spidey sense, right? Now, what's your favorite Superman? Was he your favorite one? Yes, some of you, yes. He was born on an alien planet. You remember the name? 
Krypton, very good. And he was rocketed to earth as an infant. And he was discovered and adopted by who? Some Kansas farmers. Some Kansas farmers adopted him. A farmer and his wife. They raised him as a man named Clark Kent. And they instilled a strong moral compass inside of him. And very early on, he started to display various superhuman abilities, which upon reaching maturity, he resolved to use those for the benefit of all of humanity. He did that through his secret Superman identity. As an influential archetype of the superhero genre, Superman, he possesses extraordinary powers, being traditionally described as what? How did they describe him? Faster than what? A speeding bullet, right? And more powerful than what? A locomotive, able to leak tall buildings in a single bound. It's Superman. Maybe your favorite was an Incredible Hulk. Or maybe it was Iron Man. Or maybe it was Captain America. Then there's my favorite, the Batman. Millionaire Bruce Wayne, he was just a kid when he watched his parents. They got gunned down during a mugging in Gotham City. The crime would define his life and he dedicated his life to becoming the world's greatest weapon against crime, the Batman. Forget about all the batarangs, all the Batmobiles, the, the utility belt with all of his gadgets that he had all over it. On top of all that, what I like most about Batman is that Batman, he is proof that you don't need superpowers to be a superhero. Now you may say, wow, this, this is all kid stuff we're talking about this morning. Well, but millions of dollars in profits from superhero movies over these past few years, I think that would beg to differ, wouldn't it? There's just something about superheroes that we're all fascinated with in our life. When I looked up the definition of superhero in the Webster's Dictionary, this is what it said. It says, a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers, an exceptionally skillful or successful person. Now, I don't mean to criticize Merriam-Webster on their ability to curate definitions because, after all, that is the business that they're in. However, I don't think this one here is quite correct. It's not that it's inaccurate, I just think it's incomplete. Superheroes are more than just extraordinary, super-powered, exceptionally skilled people. Superheroes are superheroes because they utilize their abilities within a specific context for helping in a specific way. That's what makes them superheroes. Who was the superhero of Metropolis? Superman, right? Who was the superhero of Gotham? Batman, very good. Now, I don't care what your superpower is or someone may claim to have, whether it's flying or webbing or spinning or your strength or anything, whatever it is, if they aren't being used in a specific context to help in a specific way, well, then you're just a dude on a couch having superpowers. That's one thing in your life. But it takes action, action in your life to make one a superhero. Author Leon Bloy once said it this way. He said, any Christian who is not a hero is a pig. And I believe scripture affirms this for us. If you are a follower of Christ, did you know that God, he has given you, each and every one of you, he's given you superpowers so that you can be a superhero. Now, here's what I'm not saying about this. I'm not saying that God has made it possible for you and for me and for all of us here to be famous, to have movies made about all of our superpowers. Because honestly, most of us will we'll never be known very widely. Because fame is really not a part of the equation in what it makes a superhero. A superhero is someone, what did I say earlier? Who utilizes his or her abilities in a specific context to help in a specific way. That's what makes you a superhero. 
In fact, I think part of loving your church is being a superhero, the superhero that God has made you to be right here. Won't you be a superhero? Would you be a hero for Christ? Would you do that? And the hero God has made you to be has superpowers. And you're part of a superpower team. And that team has a community that's in need. And those are the things that we're going to cover this morning. So the first thing I want you to understand this morning is this. That you have superpowers. You have these things called spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 starts out by letting us know here that Paul, who is the author of this letter, is going to talk about spiritual gifts. In elaborating on these spiritual gifts, look what he says in verses 4 through 7. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. The part I want to zoom in on here is that last part of verse 6. What does it say? But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Meaning, it's God. He's the one that empowers these gifts in every one of us, in all of his followers. God gives each and every one of his followers at least one. Sometimes he'll give us more, but he gives us all at least one spiritual gift. And just what is it? What is a spiritual gift? Let's define that. It's defined this way. It's a Holy Spirit empowered ability that's given to each and every one of us to serve others. That's a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual superpower, if you will, given to you to be used in a specific context to help in a specific way. Though not exhaustive, here's a list of some of the possible gifts that God may have given you. We have exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, serving, teaching, administration, discernment, faith, helps, knowledge, wisdom. There are two really important things to remember as we talk about spiritual gifts The first one is this, God is the one who picked yours. God picked your spiritual gift just for you. This passage tells us here that God, he is the one that empowers us. Look at it in Romans chapter 12 verse 6. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. It's important to realize that we didn't sit there and say, okay, God, where's the application for the spiritual gifts? We didn't fill out any application for it. We didn't put in a request to God for what we wanted. We didn't have to campaign God for what we thought that we wanted to do within his kingdom. We didn't petition him. We didn't do a Kickstarter to get us going in whatever his spiritual gift is for our lives to get that gift moving. You see, God, in his infinite wisdom, in his love, in his care, and in his power for each and every one of us, he knew exactly which gift you needed, and you needed, and you needed, and you needed, which gifts were best suited for each and every one of you. So don't waste your time being jealous about someone else's gift when you should be spending your time developing your gift. Just think, God blessed you. God entrusted to you. He entrusted you with a specific ability to make a difference to this church, to this community, and to the world that is out there around us. The second important thing to remember about spiritual gifts is this. It's a spirit-empowered gift. When you hear that list of possible gifts, you might be doing a proverbial head-scratching, right? Saying, huh. You might be thinking this, I had some really good teachers growing up, but some of them, well, they didn't love God. They didn't even like him at all. So how could they be good teachers if they weren't giving the gift of teaching? Well, that's a great question. The thing to realize here is this. There's a lot of really good teachers out there. And I'm not picking on you teachers because I know we got some in here. And there's some amazing and incredible teachers out there. But there's a difference between great teaching 
and teaching empowered by the Spirit. One is exhibiting what? Their natural ability. What God has gifted them to do. While the other one, and let's be clear, I mean, it's also God-given ability, right? That natural ability is still God-given. But the other one is exhibiting an ability that was infused by the power of the Holy Spirit within them. It's more than just passing on mere information to the people that they're teaching. Not just passing on information and inspiration. Passing on that Spirit of God. It's one who is teaching with the spiritual gift of teaching, does so while being led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, powered by the Spirit, supported by the Spirit, and sustained by the Spirit of God. That's incredibly different. Think of it like this. Many of you remember Mike Tyson back in his days when he was a boxer. Even in his retirement right now, if Mike Tyson were here, and if he would throw a punch and he would hit you, it's going to be pretty powerful, isn't it? And it's probably going to hurt. And now, it would hurt even more so if Mike Tyson would have hit you during his prime. So the reason I want to talk about this is that's a natural ability that he has. When Superman throws a punch, well, guess what? It's going to hurt even more, right? When Superman hits you, it's going to hurt a lot. There's something about natural ability there. There's something also different about supernatural ability that happens. There are many great leaders throughout history, but someone leading with the gift of leadership is exhibiting something that is supernatural in their life. You've been given an amazing ability, an ability that needs to be used, that God gifted you to be used by him within his kingdom, and that's incredibly exciting. It might also be slightly confusing, because understand, natural question is what? What are my gifts? How do I know what I'm gifted in? Well, here's real quickly three ways that you can discover your gifting. The first one is this, experiment in serving. Get involved. Get involved in the church. Get involved somewhere in the church. Do something. If you're not sure where to go, here's a few different suggestions. There's always a need for additional helpers and leaders and teachers in our children's ministry. And if you're thinking, no, hold on, no, 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 no. Not children's ministry, okay? Anything but that. If that's what you're saying, then I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know children's ministry Like, I know children's ministry because I spent eight years as a children's pastor. And I've got to tell you, I know children's ministry. And children's ministry to me was always fun. It was always exciting. There was always something going on. The kids were excited and wanted to be there. It was an opportunity to lead Christ's youngest children, his youngest disciples into a relationship with him. We Kids that would just soak up God's word like a sponge, willing to listen, willing to learn. And you get to lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've got to tell you, statistics prove that the best time to reach someone with a gospel message and lead them into that life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ is between those ages of 4 and 14. It's what we call the 4 to 14 window. After that, it gets a little more difficult. I'm going to ask you, friends, why wouldn't you want to be part of what God is doing in the lives of these kids that he's put in our life? But, okay, I get it. Should that not be your cup of tea? Okay, I get it. There's always other opportunities. You can build into our youth. You can serve in our hospitality team. You can be part of our cleaning team. Or if you have any type of musical ability at all, you can come help out with our worship team. Or you can get involved back there with our tech team. If you don't know who to talk to about any of the different ministries that are going on in this church, just talk to me or or find somebody and we can guide you to whom you need to talk to. You can always try out a ministry. Try it out for a month or two. Just give it a shot. Give it a test drive, just like you would a car. Give it a test drive. Find out if it's for you or not. And then after a bit of time, just ask yourself, how's it going? Ask the leaders that you're working with, 
how's it going? And if you're both ecstatic about what you've been able to do, about what you've been working on, then it's made clear to you, right? You're pretty clear that that's what your gifting is. Now, if both of you feel like, well, this ain't where you need to be, don't get discouraged, okay? Don't worry about it. Move on. Try something else. You see, the big thing in all of this is that where do you see results? That's where you need to be working, where you see results. Specifically, where do you see the results of impacting people for Jesus? That's what he wants you to do. If you're gifted in a specific way, then it's going to do what? It's going to bring people to Jesus as you're serving in those different areas. It will help people in their relationship with Jesus Christ. It shows people the real Jesus in your life and helps encourage that in their life. Along with experimenting, you must also be willing to ask others. Ask other people. Ask those whom you've spent time with, those who you trust, those who you know and that love you and love the way that God is using you. They see God using you in the church and in the community that's around you. Specific questions you might ask them are this. When you hear the different spiritual gifts, which one of those comes to mind when you think of me? And listen for the answer. When you see Jesus in me when I'm doing something or Jesus coming out of me, what is it? How is it that I make this community better? Remember, this isn't about getting a big head, okay? This is to help us discover how God has gifted each one of us. So, as you're experimenting in ministry, as you're asking other people about the gifting that they may see in your life, you must ensure that, number three, that you check your energy level. As you try different ministry opportunities, here's what you need to do. You just need to ask yourself, how am I feeling If you're tired, if you dread coming to church on Sunday, if you dread showing up for your ministry opportunity, if you're not feeling a lot of passion for what you're doing in the church, well then, whatever you're doing, it probably isn't something that you're gifted in. But understand this. It could be that it is the right gift, but perhaps it's just the wrong setting, and we need to find that out. If you're ready to go, if you're looking forward to the opportunity, if you're feeling the passion for what you're doing, then that's more than likely something that complements the gifting that God has given to each and every one of you. Look, let me just say this. Whatever your gifts are, they are supernaturally given to you by God. There's something you're empowered to do, empowered by the Spirit to do, not for your own gains, but it's for the benefit of the other people that are around you. You have superpowers as you serve in the church, but you're not alone. You see, the second thing about our superpowers is this, is you have a superpower team. You have the church. You have Christ's church. You're working with as part of a team. Have you ever seen the movie The Avengers? Anybody ever seen that movie? Yes, some of you have. Do you know what I like about that movie? You see, the Avengers is not about one person. The Avengers were a team. They were an ensemble of heroes. They were a group. They couldn't meet the specific needs of Earth alone. They needed each other in order to accomplish their mission. This is God's plan for you and me as well. Listen to this. This is Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in a proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I hope you saw how that passage there, how it kind of complemented the passage that we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 12, especially the need for you and I, that need that we have for one another. That's what God's trying to tell us, that we need one another. We complement one another. He gives each and every one of us specific gifts that complement what he's trying to do in his church. Here's the thing that might be hard to grasp about your gift, and it's this. Have you allowed the scriptures to guide you on this? Because here's what you need to understand. Your gift, it was not given to you for you. He didn't give it to you so that you can use it for your benefit, for your good. Sure, the Bible teaches us here that spiritual gifts, they were given to us. God gave them to us. But you see, he gave them to us for us to use them for others. That's why he gave them to us. For our help to make life better for someone else. To help make life have more meaning for other people around us. What does 1 Corinthians 12, 7 say? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Your gifts were given for what? What did it say there? For the common good. Your gifts were given to you to help others, to serve others, to benefit other people. They weren't given to you just for your enjoyment in your life. Look at Romans 12, 4 and 5 again. It says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That passage to me clarifies that we purposefully and specifically, we by design, we don't all function the same way with our gifting. We have different gifts. Why do we have them? Because we need each other. God gave us these different gifts so that we would all come together and we would have all these different gifts coming together as one body. Romans 12.5 even takes it so far as to say that we're members one of another. Meaning that each member here belongs to every other member here. So your gifts, they aren't yours. Your gifts, they're mine. But consequently, my gifts aren't mine. My gifts are yours. Why is this important? You see, because God's responsible for the DNA. He's responsible for the makeup of the church that he is trying to build, this church. And he made this DNA of this church. He made it through the members, through those people that he has brought through our doors here who actively support and serve the church. He made it to be supernaturally infused with all of the gifts that everyone here has that he's given to us, that he has given to his people. And that means that everyone here If you're truly an active member of this church, that you will be using your gifts for his church. Let me just clarify here in case you're confused. I've got to tell you, that's active in serving, okay? That's serving the church. It's serving the people. It's supporting this church. It's not just sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning trying to act like some kind of watchdog for your own interests. Trust me, I'm going to tell you, if that's your thing, there's no spiritual gift for that anywhere listed in the Bible that comes from another one's agenda, not God's. Friends, this should be a lesson for us in both humility and responsibility. Humility because the gift, you see, the gift is not ours. It's not our gift. We don't own it. God has given it to us. And then responsibility because God knew that someone else, someone here, someone in this church, someone in this community, someone would need your help. Someone would need your experience. Someone would need to experience God through the gifting that he has given to each and every one of you here. 
Thor. He was one of the Avengers. He couldn't save the world on his own. He needed the rest of the Avengers to come alongside of him to save the world. Understand this. The truth of the matter is this. God doesn't need any one of us. He doesn't need anyone here. But here's the beauty of it. He chooses to use the people that he puts in place in the church for his purposes. He chooses to use us. He invites us to come into his church and be used by him for his purposes. But he does say that bringing us together, mobilizing us together, teaming us up together, and using us together is why he built his church. Sure, there are strength in numbers, but numbers brought together by the hand of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, that's more than any natural strength or ability that anybody in the world could have. But numbers brought together by the hand of God, empowered by God, are a beautiful thing. That's the type of power that God can use to change a church. That can be used to change a neighborhood for God. It can be used to change a nation for God, or perhaps even change the world with the gospel message that God is trying to take across the globe. You've been given superpowers. You're part of a superpower team in Christ's church. But remember, to just have power isn't what makes a hero, right? There has to be action. You have a superpower to be used, be used as you served. You're part of a superpower team. You're part of Christ's church, this church, and you need to serve beside the people here. Let me close this morning looking at the last point here, how this superpower team has a community and a city in need. This church needs you. This community at large needs you. Not because they need you, okay? Don't get me wrong, but because they need God. And they need God flowing through each and every one of you out here. That's how they see God. And God in his wisdom, God in his plan for this world and us as people, he has decided, well, he's going to empower every one of us in this church. He's going to empower you. He's going to empower me with the ability to do this thing called serve one another and to serve the world around us. We have children we invite into our church every Sunday morning, children that need people to model Christ for them. We have a teen ministry that needs people to model Jesus to them, to befriend them, and to mentor them in the ways of Christ. We have young adults, we have couples, we have families that need the gifts that God has given each and every one of you. And he needs you to be in action and to be in motion and be using those gifts This community, I've got to tell you, I've only been here going on three years now. I see it. It has broken families. It has fatherless children. It has struggling elderlies that need the gifts that God has given each and every person here. It needs it to be in action, and it needs it to be in motion. Can you imagine with me for a little bit? Just imagine. Imagine what our church, imagine what it would be like if, if everyone here, if you, 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 if all of us here, what it would be like if we were active and flowing in our gifting. If all of us were active and flowing in our gifting, what would this church, what would this community look like? Can you imagine what our community would look like if, if we all, if all of us here, if every one of us, if we were serving in the ways that utilize the specific gifts that God has given to us? Think about it. Imagine it if you would. And let's take it back to my initial question that I talked about earlier. Remember what that was? What did I ask early on? It was this, right? What do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with church? That's what I opened with. Now, we've talked a lot about that superhero thing, haven't we? But not much about the Christmas side of that. So let's switch gears and let's talk Christmas presents for just a moment. Because who doesn't like Christmas presents, right? 
Think about it. Is there anyone who doesn't like opening Christmas presents? Sure, I'll tell you who, right? You know who doesn't like opening Christmas presents? The Grinch, right? The Grinch doesn't like opening Christmas presents. Everyone else does, well, except maybe you, but everyone else does like opening Christmas presents except for the Grinch. If you're not too excited about opening Christmas presents, maybe we need to start a Grinch support group for you. Maybe we can help you out, help you get over that need for for that. Until you can imagine back to your childhood when you really did enjoy opening the presents. Picture this. Picture being like a six-year-old. And I've got me one that's going to be six in about a week and a half. So I can picture this in my mind because I've had three others that went through this stage. They're coming down at Christmas, coming down the stairs, coming into the Christmas tree is, they see all the presents and bam, right? There's all the Christmas presents in the, it by the tree in front of them and they're looking through them and they see the present that's for you. You find that present that's just for you and it's there. Oh, and it's a big one. It's a big present and you're, oh man, you're looking at that and hmm, you're excited, right? Now, Maybe you're different. Maybe that wasn't your Christmas experience. Well, imagine what it would look like if you came down and you saw that, that big present there waiting for you, just waiting to be opened, just waiting to be discovered, just waiting to be enjoyed and used and played with for years and years or however long it is. And then picture this. You look at that present and you go, eh, and you walk away and you go back upstairs, never opening your gift. There would be something super wrong with that, right? Wouldn't there be? Now, there's a support group that we really need, right? We really need a group that says, for helping people who ignore their Christmas presents to open them and experience the excitement of, over, of, of childhood group. We need a group like that. I think I got my first member down here. Because what usually happens? What happens at Christmas time? When you're given a gift, you what? What usually happens? <laughs> if you're a kid, it's open before they even say, okay. It's already open, then they're looking at it. You open the gift, right? You don't leave it sitting there saying, hmm, I wonder why I don't want to open it. You open it. You shake it first and then you open it. You open the gift. That's what you do. You don't leave it sitting there. So, what do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with the church? If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're one who's not utilizing the spiritual gifts that God has given to you for the betterment of the church and the community, then you're like that Christmas present that's ignored, that's unopened. You're walking up to the gift, this gift that God has given you, this gifting, this ability, you're looking at it and you're saying, eh, and you're walking away. And I'm going to tell you, that's not at all how it's supposed to be. Not if you are a true Christian. Let me close with this. Here's my final question for you all this morning. Why did God give you to this church? You see, most of the time, we come into a church and we want to ask the wrong question. We ask, what can I get out of this church? What can it do for me? How's it going to meet my needs? What can I get from it? I'm going to say, eh, that's the wrong question to be asking. A better question for you to ask is this. Why did God give me, this community, this church, the gift of you? Or you? Or you? Or you? Why did he give this church the gift of you? Was it because of your teaching? Your leadership, your encouragement, your discernment, whatever it is that makes you the superpowered you that God has made you to be. Why did God give us the gift of you? Why? I'm going to tell you, friends, don't be an unopened gift. Don't be like that. And maybe more importantly, don't be that gift that no one wants, that gift that's sitting over there, that gift that it really doesn't matter if it gets opened or not because it's useless, because you've become irrelevant to the church that God had given you to. 
Church, discover the gifting that God has empowered you with. Discover the ways that you can passionately utilize those gifts for Christ, for His church, for this community. Be the gift that you are. Serve the church. Serve the community the way that God made you with the gifts that He has given you. Open up that gift in your life and use it for Him and His glory. Be the hero that God has called you to be for Jesus. Otherwise, if you're not a hero, You know what you are? A zero. Yeah. Look, I can't speak for anyone here, but I know for myself, I want to be a hero for Jesus. I certainly don't want to be, like we talked about earlier, a pig. I'm going to tell you what you do or what you don't do for Christ, for his church, for his people. That will determine what you are. Because in the end, I'm going to tell you, your actions do truly speak volumes louder than the vain words that you try to put on our ears. And if you need me to translate that for you, I'm going to tell you, right here it is. If you're not serving, if you're not supporting the church, you have thus made yourself irrelevant to this church and his people, period. Look, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy in the stream. Don't be that Grinch that we talked about when it comes to serving, when it comes to supporting Christ's church, because honestly... It's hard to love the Grinch, isn't it? Let's pray. I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620-336-2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed. And thanks again for listening to the Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. And have a blessed day.